Welcome to Blooming. On today's episode, I just want to celebrate a little. We're all doing our best to stay positive during this crazy time. What I've noticed is even through fear and uncertainty, even though that still surrounds us with coronavirus, that I'm just uplifted by all the gratefulness and positivity that I witness all around me. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly hope that you and your family are staying safe and healthy. If you're stressed out or worried a lot about all the unknown, I hope that today's episode will bring you a little sense of calm to help you through the day. So let's grow. Is your home environment helping you or hurting you? We've been taught that our health is determined by the food that we eat or how much we exercise. But what if there's more to it than that? I'm here to tell you that your home environment matters. We spend most of our time at home and we're raising our families here. So isn't it important to know if we're creating an environment that is supportive to our health and well-being? Here on Blooming A Healthy Home by Design, we're gonna uncover the many ways your home can support you building a healthier lifestyle for your family. We'll uncover simple ideas that will get you to think about your home differently. You'll discover how to get rid of toxins that could be lurking in your walls and cupboards, to new ideas in color psychology, furniture placement, anything and everything that can help influence positive mood and behavior so you and your family can lead healthier, fuller lives at home. I'm Sheila Alston, founder of Healthy Home Media and editor of the Wellness Real Estate Magazine and Healthy Home Magazine. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together. I'm searching far and wide to bring guests who will guide you with simple and actionable steps that you can take to help you and your family bloom and grow. So thanks so much for being here. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time. So I'm part of some fun group texts, mostly different mom groups that I'm in. We all started posting more news-related info and worry. Eventually, the comments turned to humor and positivity, and I appreciate the efforts to lighten the mood, and it just helps so much to know that we're not going through this alone. And I find it so amazing that during this unprecedented time of crisis where the whole world around us feels as if it's stopped, we are trying to find ways to reach out and stay connected, and we just want to relate and lift each other's spirits up. I've even done some FaceTime and um, cocktail hour Zoom calls with people, which is a fun new thing for me. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's doing this too. Everyone seems to be using Zoom to connect. It's pretty cool, actually, if you think about it. I saw an awesome video that someone has sent me today. The headline was, before you catch the virus, watch this. It was a guy who was talking about something worse than coronavirus that we're all catching. It's fear. Fear is so contagious and it causes so much unnecessary negativity and just stress around us. So this video was urging us to stop watching the news 24-7 and connect with the ones that we love. Try to spread joy and be present in this moment. Use this moment to spread love and laughter and not to panic or live in fear. Loved it. I'm going to pop that in my show notes just in case you're interested in watching it. It was really good. I think a great way to introduce more peace and joy into your life is to be grateful. So many people are going to tell you this. It's nothing new, but it really is amazing how it just, it works because no matter what your situation in life is, there's always going to be someone in the world who's worse than you or worse off than you. (laughs) I had to let that sink in for a minute when I first heard that because it's human nature for us to sometimes feel sorry for ourselves. We'd like to have a pity party, but all that does is keep us stuck in negativity. I have a friend who's just recovering from cancer, and 
So I'm sure you're thinking there's nothing to be thankful for when you have cancer. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, she said what got her through some of her toughest days was remembering a friend of hers that had cancer three times. And this last one had spread throughout his body. And so he wasn't going to make it for sure. He only had weeks to live, just weeks to be with his wife and his little kids. So she felt blessed that her cancer was treatable. And so all the terrible chemo and the surgeries and the radiation that she had to endure was just something she needed to get through because she would get to live. So what a difference her perspective was. And I'm sure it really did help with her healing. So every night I try to think of three things that I'm grateful for. And these past few nights, um, it's always been that I'm thankful for who I spoke with. I spoke with so-and-so and they're, and I'm happy that they're doing okay. I'm thankful for the extra time that I have to spend with my family. I'm thankful for this time to do things that maybe I've put off for a while. I mean, if you were wanting to learn something new or to try a new recipe or paint something or organize your garage or do some landscaping or, or start your spring cleaning um, and not miss out on work or other stuff, now's the time. We all have time to do it. That's such a blessing. I'm also loving this focused family time. My kids are older, two are away at college, and so it's not often that we get to hang out and spend so much time together. I'm really enjoying our family dinners, binge watching TV shows together, yard work together, some, and even game night. Um, this year's probably the last time that all five of us will be living together. And so I get this gift of having my olders back from college to live with us again for a short period of time. Eventually, they're going to get jobs and apartments on their own. And so I'm really thankful for this unusual and special time that I get to reconnect with them. But maybe you have little kids and you're going crazy with no breaks and no playdates or parks to go to. Something's got to give. You're not expected to do it all. I can't even imagine what it's like to have to work and to take care of young ones and to try to be a homeschool teacher right now. Thank God that's not me because I'm too old for that. <laughs> I would have no energy. I spoke with my sister yesterday who has two young kids, eight and four, and she's the CMO of a tech company. And she said her management team is all working from home. So on her team, there's parents with newborns and toddlers that um, they usually have help, but they don't have help right now. And so they have to literally take shifts like I'll work from eight to 10 and you watch the kids and then I'll take 10 to noon and then they trade off all day long. And then she has others who are single parents who now have to work at home with their young ones. They're calling them their co-workers. <laughs> their co-workers like to interrupt the meetings. Um, she said that everyone's just going through the same stuff. And so they're all trying to make light of the situation that really helps everyone cope. She did say that some of her empty nesters that now don't have a commute are super happy because they have all this extra free time. And she's asked them to dial their excitement down a little bit because <laughs> it's just not the same situation um, for a lot of people. So the funny thing is, or the one thing that she said that I thought was great was that she said what she's done to be able to cope a little bit better is to bring her expectations of what she's supposed to do down a little bit. You know, we can't do it all and we have to be okay with that. And once you are, you can relax a little bit. I read this great article the other day. I'll have to put it in the show notes. It's an article from NBC News. Coronavirus quarantine? Gen X was made for this. Boomers and Gen Z? Not so much. Ha! I'm Gen X. We are the latchkey kids, the neglected generation that had to fend for themselves. 
I remember binge watching MASH, Three's Company, Golden Girls, Welcome Back Cotter, Happy Days reruns, and making party pizza and SpaghettiOs every day as my snack. That's right. We had to walk home from school, make our own snacks, do chores, get jobs to pay for stuff when we wanted stuff. And basically, we had to be okay with being bored, or we had to create fun and figure out what to do all on our own. We didn't have the internet or people to entertain us or micromanage us or to do stuff for us. So we're resourceful because of it. We figure stuff out, and I love that about our generation. But we also wanted to provide more for our families and to do more because we felt a little shafted growing up with no attention. So we've showered our kids with love and affection, micromanage them, um, entertain them, and we do everything for them. We cook, we clean, we raise our family, and we work. And then we're disappointed in ourselves if we can't do it all. We can't always be the superheroes that we strive to be. And this crazy quarantine is an opportunity for us to slow down and do less. It's okay for our grade school kids and older to fend for themselves for lunch or to be bored and to have to figure out on their own how to have fun. We aren't expected to have to cook three meals a day, clean up after everyone, work from home, and homeschool our kids. It's just simply not possible to be three people at once. So give yourself a little leeway to do you know, just what you can and be okay with it. When my kids were younger and I would leave them, um, you know, with dad for a girls weekend or something, dad doesn't do all the stuff I do. So the girls would, we'd like to joke and say that they're going to have takeout and only bathe once and maybe not even change their clothes, which might be true. But here's the other thing that they would have, um, have to do when I'm not around. And for starters, dad would make them clean up after themselves. He'd also make them help out with dinner prep and cleanup. And this one time I was away, he had the kids do laundry. So what I realized is that I was doing so much stuff that I could have been getting help with. And my kids were old enough and capable of helping, but I just felt like I'm the mom, so I have to do it all. Well, once I started working full time, I just had to let go of the notion of doing it all. It's just not possible. And so, in fact, it's so much better to get help from your family anyways. The funny thing is that I think as a generation, you know, we all wanted better for our kids. So we figured out ways to do everything for them. And we micromanage everything. I don't think there was such a thing as helicopter parenting when I was a kid. It's not good for our kids, actually. We've got to let them do some things for themselves and figure out things on their own, you know, a bit before they go off to college. Of course, I'm not saying you should ignore your preschoolers or babies. <laughs> I'm just saying that, especially now when there's no school, it's okay for you to not be a homeschool teacher. It's okay for you to show them how to get onto their computer and have them do their lessons alone. It's okay for them to not know how to do something and for you to not figure it out for them. In fact, it's better for them to reach out to their teacher for help. You can teach them how to email their teacher. I think it's okay, you know, for you to teach your kids to make themselves a sandwich or how to cook eggs or noodles or something simple. I'm always surprised by those kids in cooking shows, like kids that are 10 that can make amazing meals. But before that can happen, you know, they probably had to make a bunch of gross meals. And that's okay. You know, that's how we learn and we get inspired to grow. My four-year-old nephew was totally bored the other day. And my sister said to him, you know what? When I was your age, my sister wouldn't play with me. And so I had to go outside and play by myself. I created a whole imaginary world and had fun making forts and using my imagination. And he was like, okay, mommy, I'll go try to do that. He's four. And so that was easy. 
if you said that to a six-year-old or eight-year-old who's, you know, used to constant entertainment, it's going to be much harder to try to introduce them to the idea of self-entertainment and um, especially one that doesn't involve a TV or a screen. But maybe if you tell them stories from your childhood, they would be open to trying something new for 30 minutes or an hour. And that's a start. So I'm just going to wrap up by saying, I hope this inspires you to adjust your expectations of what is needed to be done right now. Put your self-care and family first and reconnect. But if you have some important things to do, it's okay to let everyone fend for themselves a little bit. Let them pitch in and help you out sometimes. Find things to be grateful for, and even during this difficult time, and you'll feel better. Wishing you and your family is safe and healthy, and that this episode helps you feel a little more calm during these crazy times. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something that will help you and your family bloom and grow. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together, and I invite you to join me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you might also enjoy reading the digital magazines that I publish every single month. They are called the Wellness Real Estate Magazine, which is Wellness RE, and Healthy Home Magazine, and they feature wellness lifestyle communities that are being designed and built all over the country. Plus, I have healthy home professionals that share their insights on how you can create a healthier home environment. Building biology experts, biophilic designers, wellness architects, color psychology specialists, and even eco-designers all together in one place. I guarantee it's not like any other magazine you've read before. You can check it out at www.healthyhome-mag.com. You can purchase single issues, and I have tons of articles from over the past two years that you can share. Remember, sharing is caring. And please follow me on Instagram at healthyhomemag. Reach out and let me know how you like the show or what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I'm open to learning more about what matters to you. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time.